Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These tigers have such an acidic stomach that when you give them a whole turkey, there are no bones that come out. That's pretty. That's a pretty bad accent. How do you do this? This is Comic Cast on PodcastArena.com. Here's your geeks, John Lee and Michael Carroll. Welcome into issue 271 of Comic Cast. Hope you guys are staying inside, staying safe. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter if you're bored. I'm at my name, John. Hello, I'm Michael Carroll, and I'm at producer Mike 975 Stay at home. Yeah, stay at home, social distance, all that good stuff. And it seems like we'll be having at least another month of social distancing and staying at home if you're not going to stir crazy. Uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast, thank you. And maybe hopefully we can give you some kind of entertainment for at least an hour. Or if you don't like us, then um, I hope you guys are listening to other podcasts. I don't know why you are listening to us if you hate us. <laughs> But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we today's issue we're going to be talking Zack Snyder, even though Michael Snyder, I was going to call you Michael Snyder, even though Michael Whoa. doesn't like Zack Snyder very much. He did have some interesting things to say about Justice League and Batman vs Superman and all that jazz, and we have some Marvel stuff that we want to get to. Uh, but first, we want to talk about what we watched over the weekend, and I'll start. Um, I watched two things over the weekend. I watched three episodes of Tiger King. Uh, well, I lied because episode one I watched like early last week and we did episode two and three uh, yesterday. So we watched, uh, we watched that over the weekend and I also finished Giri Haji over the weekend as well. Excellent. Uh, I'll start with Tiger King. It's interesting. Um, there's no redeeming quality in terms of like characters in that sh- documentary i'm three doc- three episodes of the four done and every single one of the people that are featured there's nothing good i can say about any one of them there's uh, basically one guy and then another uh, an evil woman uh and another guy that kind of has a cult following like he's literally like a leader of a cult but it's in a zoo. 
it's it's just crazy. It's wild. It's I don't know if I want to say it's good. It's almost like it's like watching a train wreck. It's can't so, take your ways, eyes away from it. Yeah, yeah, and so many people are talking about it that you kind of have to kind of look at it. And everybody's rubbernecking, and it's just this three car pile up that uh, that you can't keep your eyes off of. And it's um, it's 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 interesting. It's I don't think that I've ever thought there are these type of people in the world, but my eyes have been opened. <laughs> I now see the light, and oh my god! <laughs> um, episode one is a little slow so if you can get through power through episode one episode two picks up and episode three is about this uh this one woman that's a i guess rescuer of exotic animals and it's the the whole episode is like dedicated to her and um something that happened to her family so um just yeah just power through it get to episode three and i think we're going to try to finish episode four tonight uh and i'll report back on thursday's issue but yeah it's um it's quite interesting and there's memes and there's everything popping up. And if we were going to have a Halloween this year, everyone's going to go as a character in tiger, uh, tiger King. I feel like. So my, um, I haven't started it yet, but now like that you've seen it and a bunch of other people have seen it that I know now I feel like I have to dive in. Um, but my only knowledge is based off memes and, and, and stills shots from the show. And the main one that I remember is a guy who's dressed very interestingly, filling up a, a a gas can while at the same time smoking a cigarette, surrounded by gas inside a small, tiny van. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, that sums up the show. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's that, like crazy and and like like i'm like i'm telling you like a logical human being would never do that and uh yeah it's just you know it, it is what it is and it's a it's it's a ride for sure and um if you want to see a ride go ahead and check it out also i don't know why but the family guy quote of my daughter would absolutely love you keeps popping in my head <laughs> while you're discussing this so uh yeah um it's uh, there's um uh Teresa found this uh TikTok video of the granddaughter of somebody that was in the show that had a big prominent it's a, it I don't want to spoil anything for you but like it there's a granddaughter that her grandfather was pretty prominent in episode 3 and she just goes off on TikTok about um something that happened in the documentary and in you know obviously it's real life but uh more details surrounding the documentary and um it's uh it's it's wild man that that part of the story is very wild and uh she kind of provides all this different stuff on the tiktok and you're kind of like yeah that's it kind of makes sense and that's real bad um uh i'll uh, whenever you finish it i'll send you that tiktok link uh and you can watch it but yeah man like yeah i mean this is this is the this is the documentary of the year i feel like even though we're only in march well i know it's like risen uh, up the netflix watch charts like i i'm sure it's one of the most talked about shows currently on social media like it's it's blown up over the last like week or so 
Yeah, I wouldn't say it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Oh, I didn't say it was best, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a sideshow. It's like it's a circus. It's a it's it, it, I I don't know if I'm like itching to finish it, but like you know, I'm three episodes in, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it. Um, but I think there's people out there that'll swear that this is just so good and so like you know um, must see kind of thing. I don't know if it's must see. But since everybody's talking about it, I feel like, you know, it's something that you should just check out. It's, you know, each episode, I think episode three was the shortest. It was like 46 minutes. Episode one and two were in the 50s. So um, I haven't checked out episode four's uh, episode link or length, but I would guess it's probably one of the longer ones. Bigger train wreck, Fire Festival or Tiger King? I enjoyed Fire Festival, though, okay. like the fire documentary. Uh-huh. Um. <sighs> That because like that you, I'm trying to say something without ruining Tiger King. But this Tiger King almost feels like I was gonna say it, it almost feels like an act put on by crazy people because that's how it kind of plays. But these people have been around for like 30, 40 years and everybody's been going to their zoos and everything like that. So like it's, you know, it's definitely real. But in terms of like a train wreck of a documentary, I would say this one is. But in terms of a train wreck of uh, events, I would say Fire Festival is. Interesting. Okay. Because that's the last like I feel like big documentary that took the world by storm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I guess there's a few, um, there was that other one where, um, man, I forgot what what it was called, but like, uh, where, uh, they kidnapped their daughter twice or something. Oh yeah. That one. I I know which one you're talking about. And that that meme popped up about that, uh, about her father, like how he was friends with the guy and, um, he was, uh, saying how like one time they stopped the car and he was like, uh, the guy that kidnapped his daughter basically told him, Oh, you know, I haven't had sex in a very long time. Would you give me a hand job? And the guy was like, well, I'm not gay, but okay. And everyone's like, Oh, what is going on? I think that came out like right after fire festival, maybe a month or two after, but, um, Man, I forgot. I'll, I'll look it up, but uh, that that was a train wreck. Uh, that was a train wreck too. That was like, how can you, as parents, be so incompetent? Yeah, I remember you talking about that series. I don't remember the name of it either, but I remember that one was pretty popular as well. Um, but the other show that I uh, finished was uh, Giri Haji. Um, for the most part, I feel like I enjoyed the show. There was a little bit of stuff here and there that was pretty nitpicky and I'll get into some spoilers since both of us have finished it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You've been warned, right? The parts of the show that I didn't like um, was how stuff conveniently just happens. And it's like, you know, Roy's like, oh, you know, he's made to be this stupid, you know, uh, British cop. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he can understand Japanese. Like it almost feels like some parts of the story is like when you were a kid and you're playing toys with your like siblings or relatives or whatever, and you give your toy 
you establish like the the powers that they have and then all of a sudden in in the middle of playing play fight with your toys you're like no 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 but but my my guy can also do this and you're like but since when and that's kind of like how i felt a little bit about the show where not even the roy stuff like some of the other stuff that kind of happens it just kind of conveniently happens and i'm like "Mm, okay i like i think i can forgive it when it happens once but it kept happening um over and over again even though like you know sometimes oh they'll go back and then show what happens but it's like man i wish they limit this to just you know one or two times and it, it just happened maybe it happened twice and i'm just blown uh, you know making too much of it but that's just the one part of the show that i didn't like <clears throat> the acting was fantastic i think the direction of the show was good uh for the most part i think what i'm having you know qualms about is probably just uh uh what's it called uh, just a little bit of the writing um in terms of like you know what i didn't like uh you know going back and kind of change because they the, the timeline kind of is it's a it's a shifting timeline and they go back and they'll show you stuff that has to have has happened and then they'll jump back forward and all that stuff and i think the roy thing bothered me a little bit um and i can't put a finger on what else but um but there was something else that kind of irked me in that sense the good parts of it is they didn't care who they killed. It was like, it, it, it just, I really wish that they ended up just killing the, um, his partner because at that, at that moment when the, that one Yakuza guy walked out of the restroom, I was like, Oh no. I was like, Oh no. And I think they kind of, um, they didn't, I, I, I think they got a little scared and just, decided to you know instead of him getting killed he just got beaten up real bad um and i get it killing a cop even if you're a yakuza is a big big deal um so i can understand why they they eventually just showed him in the bathroom just laying down with a bloody head i get it but i think it would have had a bigger effect on the character that killed him seeing he's very ruthless just to have the cop get killed Maybe I'm wrong about it, but I felt like at that moment when he walked out of the bathroom, that was a very cold, chilling scene where it, 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 it's, it's just a shot of the door and you're kind of like, oh, no. And it was like it just it just stayed on the door for like what it seemed like, you know, 10, 10 to 15 seconds. But I'm sure it was only like five. It felt like forever. And it's just like a shot of the door. And that's where, you know, one shot is so powerful and they kind of went back on it a little bit by understand why mm-hmm. um i feel i felt like the uh the main characters i felt all nailed it they're all very good um i didn't get annoyed of uh, the his partner I, I got kind of annoyed of at the beginning but i kind of understand that he was kind of every show kind of has to have that one person that's a little goofy that isn't necessarily very good for their job um but I think throughout the series, he kind of redeemed himself and became this person that you can rely on. So I think from start to finish, I, I enjoyed every single character. Maybe not Justin Long's character. <laughs> Justin Long, yeah. But 
But I understand that he comes from a line of, I guess, Pit, with, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Mafia lineage, and that he's almost the the son that doesn't want to be a gangster, but he's forced to be a gangster because he his father is this huge uh, mafia guy. So I understand how why they wrote the character the way that they did, and so I understand every everything was calculated, and I think they did a very good job of doing everything now when the two yakuza guys got killed in that uh in that house oh that was another thing this cop of course pulls over this uh this car and then of course the two yakuza guy the guys find the cop that pulled over the car i'm just like this is almost too perfect you know mm, okay because i mean i feel like yes they needed to get away uh, find a way to track them down but to find the exact cop that they pulled over that exact car, I feel like that's almost like pulling a needle out of out of a uh, haystack. No, like how did they find her, and how did they know that she was the one that took the call? Do they have connections inside the police department? I'm sure they do, but they never established like they can get. Like I guess they get the they get the chief of police, the chief inspector. But they didn't. It felt like they didn't have any other connections inside the police department other than the chief inspector, which he was completely busy with something else. So I wouldn't understand how they would have gotten the information. Do you like you understand? Yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying. I forget. Didn't the the was the white guy, the white cop that was that was stuck with the Japanese police department? Was his name? Was he Roy? Yeah, he was Roy. So was he giving information? I'm trying to remember how it went. Did he give information yes. to them, and did they turn around and give it to the yakuza? I, or am I misremembering? Yes, but he was on the other family. He was oh, uh, yeah. he was working for I forget the other guy's name, but the old guy. Mm-hmm. But he was working for the other family, not Fukuhara. Fukuhara oh, was yeah. Fukuhara's men were the ones that were going after uh, Yudo's wife and uh, Yudo's mom mom and uh sister-in-law that's so they were on the two opposite ends so like so like the uh, fukuhara's men that's what i'm saying like how did fukuhara's men track down um who the police officer was because i feel like like she didn't say anything so how do you know that she because like you know she was like oh if you you know she basically let them go and she so how do you find that police officer when she doesn't she doesn't say anything like there had to have been some sort of like somebody had to said something to where she would have been the one that they knew that pulled them over if that makes any sense right yeah no i i get what you're saying yeah i don't know I, I, that that was that could go back to the too convenient type thing yeah, it's it just it's just it, some some stuff felt like okay, we need to get to here. How do we get there? And then they sacrificed a little bit of plot to get there, like, almost Game of Thronesy like, where okay, we need to get here. Let's get them there somehow, and then just use this police officer. But then think about it: the police officer didn't say anything. She didn't take anything down. How did they get? And so, like, if she didn't take anything down, the, the higher ups would have never known. It just, it's just, it's a little bit of a plot hole, not the biggest plot hole, but it's one of those things where it's an obvious one. And um, I just, I just, it just, it just annoyed me a little bit. Um, overall, though, I think I would give the series probably anywhere between a seventy-five and eighty. 
like it's a good show. It's a good show. And if you are looking for something, I would definitely recommend it. And I did recommend it to somebody um, over Twitter, I think yesterday or two days ago. But um, but yeah, I mean, like it's not for for me. Kingdom is like you know close to a ninety. You know, it's like right, right. so that's kind of like that. It separates that much. Like I liked it. I think it was a good show. If I if I even if I said gave it a sixty, I think I would have said it was a decently good show. But seventy five to eighty, that's where I kind of give it. Um, so what did you watch over the weekend? Uh, for me, I didn't. I, I, I'm finding that I. <laughs> I thought I would have more time to watch stuff, but I haven't really had a lot of time to watch much. I did watch the latest episode of The Walking Dead on Sunday night, uh, which was fine. I think it's, I think it's, it was, I shouldn't say that. It was a good episode, but it was a little bit slower paced episode. But now they're introducing elements that are um, getting closer and closer to the end of the comic book run. Um, mm-hmm. they unveiled a new character on Sunday night's episode that is the most comic booky character probably since the introduction of Abraham Eugene and Rosita. It's an absurd character that I remember the comic book cover and it was a big deal when it came out, but it's a woman in like a pink fur jacket, like kind of thing with a, with a M249 buzzsaw machine gun and a, uh like pink hair like it's it's a very absurd character that pops up but this leads into uh the the city or the community known as the commonwealth which which is the the big last final storyline in walking dead um oh it's a last it's the last storyline it's pretty much the last story in the comic book now in the show they'll probably extend it past that um and they'll probably stretch the commonwealth story uh, storyline out a lot more but in what was this episode 14 i believe this was the first sign of the commonwealth or at least legitimate sign of another character from from that um i believe the characters from the commonwealth if i remember correctly um but yeah it's going in interesting directions and then of course they did uh, they switched the the revelation of beta from the comics and the comics um well, it's a whole thing with his character. He's actually a famous person before the apocalypse starts, and then he turns into a crazy, murderous, monstrous person in in, in the apocalypse. And uh, so they show they had that reveal of who Ryan Hurst was before his character was before the apocalypse. So it was an interesting thing, and to see him uh, as a pissed off villain that's now coming after them, and he's not basically hindered by anyone, anyone is going to be really interesting to see. Although although the the final episode of the season is among one of many delays that have continued uh-huh. to affect entertainment because they have been unable to finish post production on episode 16. So episode 16 is not going to come out till later in the year. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it, you dang it, dang that, it. You don't think that they can send over some clean um, computers to um, to edit? Well, it may be a by it may be a byproduct of. Well, I mean, maybe it's not just put like maybe it's not simply just editing, but also like maybe there are some shots that need to be finished or something. I don't know. That's the only other thing that I could think of because I think I forget something else is still sh- uh, working on visual effects. Like they're working on it from home. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine they probably have access to it working from home. 
Oh, who? Yeah. Oh, uh, James Gunn. He's talked about it. He's working on Suicide Squad from home. So I would imagine they're able to do that, but maybe it's a, more of a uh, of a thing where we need to do some some lines need to be recorded or sound or something like that. Maybe it's something along the lines that just you can't finish the episode until you do that, and they got to hold it till later in the year. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. But dang, but so next week's episode will be the penultimate episode but in a way it's the finale for now until later on in the year so it's i don't know it's a weird interesting situation well more weird situation than interesting it's like dang i wanted to see where the story goes um so i just watched that and then uh what else did i do i played some more mass effect andromeda holy crap again that game's super long i thought that, i thought i'd be done by now but no um and then yeah just uh just grocery shopping trying to get stuff uh for the family because god still stores are a little bit difficult with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, yeah. And I think it's going to be difficult for quite some time um, because people were expecting it to not last. I mean, over the weekend, it was announced. I mean, Trump said, oh, yeah, we're going to do this until April 30th, um, which is, you know, a little under... A month from what it is today so uh, i don't think that people anticipated it being this long although they may have enough toilet paper to last a couple years but yeah man like you're gonna have to go shopping and it's not gonna get any better i feel like in terms of shopping because i think people are going to be hitting up these stores weekly and they are very careful of how many people they're letting in and um even with the lines you have to be at least like three to four feet away from the next person or the next shopper and people going in and out or sanitizing their hands so like everything is compounded and everything is gonna make everything everything that debt gets compounded gives takes extra time for you to do stuff right so it's it's gonna be like this for I want, man. I want to say until maybe fall. Like this is gonna be for a while because you know we're not we don't have a vaccine. We're not gonna have a vaccine for quite some time. People, I mean, our numbers are still spiking. We're the most infected country in the world. It's it's. Uh, I don't know when it's gonna curve back down. I don't think it's gonna curve back down for at least another couple weeks, and then you have to give it more time for it to you know, go down a lot further. So, man, I I think we make it past April 30th, like in terms of like getting it extended. 
the quarantine even further than April 30th. Like this thing's going to get through this, like in, into the summer. Yeah. More than likely. I, I would, I'm guessing June now is when maybe it can start getting back to normal, but I don't know who knows. Yeah. And, um, we wanted to start, start with the Zack Snyder stuff, but since we're talking coronavirus, like, uh, you pointed this out, um, um, uh, Jeremy Conrad kind of hinted that there may be uh, Black Widow may not be premiering in theaters. His headline is Marvel fans may need to prepare themselves for Black Widow not, you know, not premiering in theaters. And I think, I mean, we talked about this. I, I don't think that they'll ever do it. And he did. One of the, one of the things, one of the people that I'm not very fond of Grace Rudolph Randolph, she tweeted out, so I did some digging with all the chatter today, and apparently Disney is considering releasing not just Black Widow, but also Mulan straight to streaming price points, purchase versus rental, when to Disney Plus are still up in the air, developing dot, dot, dot. And whenever somebody, even though we are very big fans of Jeremy and he's a very good friend of the show, I feel like like this, like the source isn't very reliable. It's almost like a Chris Broussard. If you want to trust Chris Broussard, <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure she's hit on a couple of them, but she's very unreliable. Um, but let's just break down what it means, what it would mean for Marvel and for Disney. I think let's, let's, let's say, let's say they stick with this August date. The, the virus has kind of cleared out. They're, not many more people are being in, uh, infected. And let's say theater's only going to be doing half capacity. So you can only sit, or maybe even not even half capacity, 30% capacity. So you're talking about a third of your box office. Let's say without coronavirus, that this movie would have hit a billion dollars. And if you only do third, a third of the price, you're you're bringing in three what three hundred and thirty three million dollars. Assuming yeah, yeah, assuming it makes yeah. a billion or whatever. Yeah, assuming it would have gotten to a billion because uh, she is a with with me not being very interested in this movie. I would I I don't know if I would say it's safe to say it's a billion dollars, but I would think that you know the first Marvel movie since uh since what Spider Man, um, so. I would think that you know people are kind of itching for um, another Marvel movie. Let's okay, conservatively, let's say it would have made nine hundred million, eight hundred million. You divide that by three, and you get you know three hundred million, close to three hundred million, right? A little maybe a little under two two seventy two sixty something like that. And if you get that versus what you would do for video on demand, you charge. I and I saw something crazy about like how you know Marvel could be charging fifty dollars for it. And let's say if you do fifty dollars and you get two hundred million buys, that's going to get you to a billion dollars. Now, two hundred million buys. Do you think that's a little ridiculous? Do you think that it may not make that much? I mean, let's cut that in half. Let's go uh, one million buys. You're talking about fifty. Uh, is that right? Oh no, no, hold on. I'm sorry. If you do fifty, uh, fifty dollars, and you do 
200 million buys. Yeah, you, you know, you're going to get to 100 100 uh 100 million dollars. I mean, 200 200 2 million buys. That's not that's not a big I mean, that's not a it's not a big number, but do you, can you see people buying it 200 million times? No. Like it, it for them to make not so so for them to make 200 million dollars. Like you're talking about Four million buys at that number at five uh, fifty dollars, right? Right. And if I'm buying at fifty dollars, I'm having people over. Right. Like I'm having like I'm having people over to a fact to a point where I'm gonna at least get my theater money back. Like I, if I can pay twelve dollars for me and then twelve dollars for Teresa, I'm gonna have people over to where I I break even or I you know, quote, save money, right? If I have, you know, if I have five people over, that's $10 a head, I'm going to have more than five people over. I'm going to have six to 10. So imagine four million, uh, imagine people that are watching it at home, they're going to be doing the exact same thing. And, and this is assuming that the quarantine's over, right? Right. So this is why I cannot see big movies like this being released on video on demand, even though we've gotten movies like Onward, which I think spent two hundred million dollars on on um, on uh, on budget, like that did release that much money. But you're talking about movies that will potentially hit a billion. Like I don't think Onward would ever hit a billion dollars. Do you? I don't know that it would have hit a billion dollars necessarily. But the key f- factor to this was Onward opened before everything kind of started getting shut down and its theatrical run got cut short. So to still make money off of it, I totally get why you put that on VOD. Same why you put Bloodshot, same why you put uh, any of these other ones, The Way Back. You know, a lot of these movies, their theatrical runs got cut short, Birds of Prey. You have to still make money off of them. And if it's VOD, then it's VOD. And it's I think most of those are always about 20 bucks. But a movie as big as Black Widow to go straight to VOD, I, I still don't see that. I still don't see, yes, I think Disney is struggling, like all of us, but to me, Disney struggling is different than my company struggling. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. They're a global brand that will have losses, but I don't think they're going to be, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes, but... I don't know that they'll um, feel the same effects where they're like having to release movies already done like right away and sacrifice losing out on some more money that they could make if they just simply delay it. Like I feel like all the other companies are in the same boat as Disney. Like Universal is in the same boat. Why then do they not just release Fast 9 if they are supposedly done with that movie? Why not just release that versus delaying it a whole year? Why delay Wonder Woman 1984 until August? Like, I just, there's so many other movies that are being delayed. I don't know why people are putting this pressure specifically on Disney to release Black Widow or Mulan or whatever. I, I, I guess because they think that they're sitting on this, I guess, quote, debt on in terms of like their budget. And they want to make some kind of return 
so their quarterly numbers don't look bad. I get it. But in terms of long-term benefit for your company and for everything, everybody else, you cannot release us on video on demand. And you, and you're you made a great point. Onward did have a theatrical release for a couple of weeks. They made a little bit of money back. So their the value of them releasing on video on demand is is a lot higher than something that hasn't even been released yet. Like Birds of, I mean not Birds of Prey, but like Black Widow. Right. Exactly. And I think everyone's quarter numbers are going to be terrible like i don't i think this is affecting everyone the same way so i mean i get you would want to make move and maybe it is something that they are actually talking about although grace randolph i don't trust her as a source but i'm i'm sure it's something that's been discussed great but i just can't i can't see them doing that i can't see them making that move the only again, the only movie that I could see them making that move with is New Mutants, just releasing that because it's a cheaper mm-hmm. movie that's basically been done for a while. I mean, why not at this point with that movie, especially because it's been delayed so many times. But like again, Black Widow or something like that, I just I I can't see it. And also just thinking about it, if everything is on hold production wise currently. You know, there's going to be a a time where we're not going to have maybe content that we think like The Witcher. I don't know that it still comes out next year, at least on time. Uh, The Mandalorian. I don't know how much this has affected The Mandalorian season two. I know they were shooting earlier than that, so maybe it doesn't affect it much at all. But still, there's certain shows and, and certain things that are going to be delayed for a time due to this whole thing. And there may be a gap in terms of 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 entertainment. And if I don't have anything, like if I just release everything now, I imagine there's going to be a gap there where when people are able to go back to theaters. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, why not show it to and then when people are actually able, able to go back to theaters, then, you know, forcing it now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I made sense on that. No, 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 no. It makes perfect sense. But I mean, so there's another thing where uh, Marvel is, is is saying that Doc, I mean Jeremy had the story too. He said Doctor Strange the in, in the Multiverse of Madness pre-production has continued remotely for filming in June. Like if you're gonna delay Black Widow until August, I wouldn't. I cannot imagine that something as big as Doctor Strange is gonna start filming back in june like it like none of this like it seems like you're getting mixed messages i feel like in terms of like oh we're not going to release until this until august or we're going to push it back until august but we're going to get started on production in june for another movie that is going to be involving you know a, a lot of cast and crew like i can't imagine it like i i can't imagine any of this stuff getting like ramps back up in the summer like i feel like we're still gonna have the lingering effects of coronavirus and we're gonna get to a point in the summer where 
we're just going to be able to start going back to work. Like maybe May. May is when we will start getting back to work. And then, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm uh, being a little too cautious about this, but I I have serious doubts that this they're going to start shooting again in June. Yeah, and it also depends on where they're shooting at. Like if it's a country that maybe has already gone through everything, maybe maybe it's okay versus like shooting here in the U- United States where we still may be in the thick of it by then. I mean, it just, it, there's a lot of uh, fluctuating things with with this virus and where it's at and, you know, all, all this stuff. So uh, Doctor Strange, I can't imagine that it starts, but there's still a lot of unknowns there. Um, and then, I don't know, like, I don't know, I just keep going back to it. I think Disney has has a bigger plan in place. Like, I feel like they're not just going to react to just the situation currently. And yes, things are going to be bad for the next like few months. And I'm sure they're losing. I think they've already lost out on, I forget how much money. I'm sure it's bad, but I feel like a global, a, a global company like Disney will be able to sustain without having to make reactionary decisions. Like if my little media company that I work for can survive until June, then I think Disney will be okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, it was revealed that Bob Iger is uh, basically p- pledging 100% of his salary, which he makes a lot of money. Wasn't it like $65 um, million or something in 2018, yeah. 2019? Uh, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but yeah, it's I think it's somewhere around that range. But he's giving up uh, his 100% of his salary, and he's going to be basically giving it out to... Um, uh, all their the employees that have you know been not able to get work um bob chapik is uh bob Ch- chapik will reduce his by 50 percent um all the vps will have their salaries reduced by 20 percent uh like a senior vice president vice, vice presidents by 25 percent executive vice presidents vice presidents and above by 30 percent and of course he said he'll be re- reducing his by 50 percent so um they, and the, it goes on to say this temporary action will remain in effect until we foresee uh, a, subs, a substantive recovery in our business. Our executive cha- chairman, Bob Iger, again, has chosen a, chosen to forego 100% of his salary. I mean, very, very good by Disney. And I feel like, you know, um, more executives should be doing this. And I don't know why they haven't been. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I would hope laying off people. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, I just saw Macy's is uh, furloughing 130,000 employees. Mm. It was just breaking, I think, right before we recorded. But, you know, I I would hope most of these big businesses and big companies and even maybe even smaller companies, I would hope some of these higher executives are taking steps to help the customers or, or, well, the employees that are not making, you know, 500,000 a year or 60 million a year, you know, whatever the range is, I would hope there are some, some steps being made by not only Disney, which it seems like they are, but other companies as well, you know, universal Apple, Sony, I don't know, whichever ones you want to talk about. Um, real quick, John, do you, do you think like when this is all said and done, are theaters going to be affected long-term by this? I mean, I I can't imagine people are going to rush back to the theaters anytime this year. 
Um, and I think until maybe we get a, a vaccine, I don't think people will. I mean, we'll, I think, steadily see more more and more people go back and do normal day stuff. But I think until we get a vaccine for COVID-19, I don't think that, you know, people are going to be jam-packing the theater. I think this pandemic has had a lot of people scared. I I, I don't think, let me think how to say this. I think smaller theater chains are probably going to be the most affected by everything that's happening. And there might be some closures in that. I think the big ones will still come back. It may not be like normal, like like you were saying earlier, maybe they reopen and, and go back to only allowing 30 to 50% of the audience be filled. Um, but I think it'll return to normal because I think there's still a lot of people. I mean, you see all these stupid people on the beaches and and videos of people still gathering. And I, I, I just, I feel like there's still going to be some people that will go back right away and because they want to get back to normal. Um, but I do think a lot of people are going to be more reserved at first. But I don't think it'll be a long term. I think it'll be a few months, maybe. But and this may just be me. I could be completely wrong. I usually am. But uh, I I think it'll get back to normal. Maybe in the few months after everything clears. When that clears, though, I don't know. Yeah, I I hope so too. I hope everything gets back to normal. But you know, people get scared, and you know, um, it takes uh, it takes a little bit for you to pick back up on uh not thinking about oh am i gonna get sick if i go to this public event kind of thing yeah no i mean i think that's going to be in the the forefront of everyone's mind about like public events and things like that um Mm -hmm. i i would be hesitant myself but i I do want to go back to a theater like i miss going to a a theater and checking out something and sitting in a crowd of people and experience something and if it's something where maybe we just sit with 30 percent, hey that's fine i don't want to sit by anybody anyway (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i'd rather watch a, a big movie like this with the theater empty yeah i totally would i'd rather i'd rather watch that already uh, again i've been practicing social distancing for a long time <laughs> I, yeah i mean if i had it my way i would want a uh video on demand release every single time so i could just watch it at home and you know in more comfortable clothes even though i wear like sweats to movies anyway but i feel like you know i know how clean my couches are. I, I can, you know, get my own popcorn for a lot cheaper. And when we, when all the stuff that we're talking about, like how they shouldn't release it on video and on, on demand, it's not for my sake. Hell, if I wanted, uh, like I said, if I wanted um, it my way, I would want all these movies to be released on video and demand and on good quality. And I'll just watch it in my theater room. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I could care less. I just don't want, because I know the long-term ramifications for this. Like, if you release, you know, if this, if I wouldn't say Marvel is in this boat, but like smaller movie companies um, like Universal with what uh, they did with, uh, I, I call them small, but they're pretty big um, with Bloodshot. You know, that's, they're, they're losing a lot of money there. And if they had any decent movies on the, on the schedule, that's getting pushed back at least a couple of years because they need to recover all this money, you know, like. Wonder Woman 1984, sure, I want to watch that at home and I want to watch that this summer. But I know how, I mean, they're not in dire straits now in the the DC Extended Universe, but if this happened when Shazam and Aquaman and Birds of Prey didn't come out, like, 
this is like almost a nail in a death sentence for the extended universe, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to see that stuff happen. I don't want to see people lose jobs. And I want to see these companies make money so they can pay out, you know, people and continue to run as normal. And so, like, I'm kind of thinking about the entire big thing, entire, and if people start releasing everything on video on demand, it's just, you're not going to, you, the quality is going to get lower and it's, you know, people are going to get laid off. I just don't want to see that stuff happen. Yeah, there's, there's so much fluidity to the whole situation and so many people that are affected by it. You know, I mean, if this thing goes super long, my my job I know is probably going to be affected by it uh, real quick. So I'm very much invested in in, in everything, like like everybody else. So um, I, I I don't know. I just I think like the video on demand stuff is is good. Like I like you, I would prefer that as well because I don't like people in general. So let me just stay at home and not have to worry about somebody you know, being right up next to me or yelling or talking or have their phone on in, in front of me or whatever. Like I would much rather do it at, at home, but I do enjoy the experience for the most part when, when it is a good crowd of a theater. And I, I would like to get back to that, but yeah, video on demand. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just can't see them doing that. What is the, you said 50 would be a price that you'd be willing to spend if you can invite people over. Correct. Mm -hmm. so like what would be the most you would be willing to pay like would you be willing to pay like 60 mm, if i pay 60 i mean i think so uh, uh, that means to just to break even at 12 dollars a head you're talking about five people right yeah, and that's again if you're able to invite people over and there's still not like the whole quarantine thing. Yeah, I mean, Manny Pacquiao and um, Floyd Mayweather, I think went one for like ninety something dollars. Yeah. If you let's say if you um, uh, let's say you have it at ninety nine dollars, you need eight point eight in a in a fourth person to break even. So you're talking about, you know, making, I mean, getting good value at nine people at your house, which I mean, at that point, you know, can get a little too much. But, you know, if you get 10 people in, you're paying, you know, 10 bucks a, 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 a head for a movie. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No That's supposed to, that you can, you're probably going to pay, you know, 12 to $14. Like, yeah, that's, I would pay up to that. But I mean, I hope it doesn't get to that. And I don't think that, I don't think Disney is dumb enough to charge $100 for their movie. Like I, I can't imagine like more uh, the people that are gonna, are not going to be inviting people over. They're not going to be, you know, putting up a hundred dollars for that because there needs to be a price point. And I feel like fifty dollars is fair. Yeah, I'm raising my hand. You can't see it, but I'm raising my hand as one of the people that would probably not have like eight to ten people over because I I, would, I, don't, I don't want that many would, people. Would you Would you buy it at fifty dollars? I don't think I would. I don't okay. think so. 
I, I think because like especially now that we're getting into like uh, the economic times that we're getting into, like mm-hmm. I I think I'm gonna be more even more careful. Not that I wasn't already, but like like something like that, I don't know that I would pay for it. Cause it's like I feel like that would be a frivolous cost and I need to focus more on like groceries and, and things like that. Especially if like you know, again, if we get into like the May, June, this thing's still going on, my job may be affected by this. I I rather like not pay something like that just to watch a movie. Like for me, because I'd probably watch it by myself. I'd probably be more close to twenty thirty, but I don't know that they would release it at that price. Okay, no, I don't think they would. I don't um, think they would. I, I think fifty is probably the minimum, at, especially with not having a theatrical run. Twenty thirty seems out of the question. Exactly, exactly. And it, since Birds of Prey and Onward and all those other movies had a theatrical run, that's why they can release it at that price. Yeah, I, I, and Invisible Man, The Hunt. I forget what else has been put out at, at 20. And then I think Bad Boys for Life. I talked about it last podcast, but Bad Boys for Life and Sonic are coming out the day of this podcast releases at, I believe, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Just to finish off like this Disney stuff, uh, the, the COVID stuff, an analyst is saying that they're losing about $350,000 a day, which, my God, I wish I had that much money to lose a day. Uh, and this is as of last week. Um, because movie theaters are closed and theme parks are closed for uh, an unknown stretch, um, they, uh, with the money, they're going to be um, trying to offset um, employees at the park, retail, and production divisions um, needed uh, need when they stay while they stay at home um, to work. So um, yeah, it's uh, one of the few big companies that are employing this model, and I'm in. Say what you want about Disney and how evil the corporation is, but this is pretty good in terms of like what you're doing for your employees and stuff like that. So um, good for them. I mean, uh, I mean, hell, if Bob Iger can't forego a couple months without a salary, what'd you do with your money? Right. Like you've been CEO for so long, and and you've been pay- being paid, you know, so much millions of dollars. Like if you if you don't have you know, millions and millions saved in your hundreds of millions saved in your bank account. You you live life wrong, bro. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 you live life really right. <laughs> <laughs> the, like speaking of that, don't you think like this is a time where? Because I saw this being discussed. I forget on I think on Twitter or something. Like I feel like this time that we're going through big companies and small companies, how they treat their employees is going to be a big thing for not just the employees, but consumers as well to see how they take care of people. Like if you're a company that's not doing much, I feel like you, you, you possibly lose customers brand loyalty. Like, I don't know, like it may, maybe that's pr- projecting too much, but like HEB has been a standout here in Houston or in Texas. And I feel like, I would be more inclined to go to them versus other grocery stores. Yeah. And Whole Foods is on the other end of that spectrum where at the beginning of this, they wanted employees to start sharing um, basically. Oh, uh, sick days. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? I haven't seen an update from that. I don't know what um, exactly gonna be, they're going to be doing, but the damage has already been done. Like it's, it's, 
you know, you can't, I mean, they're going to recover from it, but I'm not going to go to Whole Foods anymore. Why would I go to Whole Foods when um, there's a Trader Joe's right across the, the closest Whole Foods? There's a Trader Joe's right across the street from me. Like, I mean, right across the street from that Whole Foods. Why would I go to Whole Foods? Trader Joe's has organic stuff. Trader Joe's has cheaper stuff. Trader Joe's is maybe 20, 30% cheaper than Whole Foods. Why would I go to Whole Foods? Like it just, I, I, I see, I saw that story. I was just like, you, like, I, like what, like why, how, how could you do something like that to your customers when your parent company is Amazon? And like, it almost makes me mad at Amazon too. But I know, I think Trader Joe's has a different CEO, but like it's, it, it, it makes me upset and like the stuff that HEB has been doing, it just, you know, kind of goes to show, like you said, like the, the ways that two retail companies are treating things differently. And HEB is, you know, you know, hiring more people so they can relieve some of the, the, the amount of stress that it's causing other people. And, and they're giving people jobs because, you know, they're mindful that people have been losing their jobs. So it's like, you know, there's, Definitely two ways to deal thing deal with things, and HEB is on the right side of it. Yeah, uh, commend you, HEB. Good job. Yeah, yeah, commend, commend them too. Uh, Can I get some yeah. toilet paper, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they have any. Yeah. Um, uh, Patty Jenkins, uh, I guess uh, in Vanity Fair, she addressed why she uh, didn't, I guess, take the dark world um, job. I guess to direct. And she said, quote, I did not believe that I could make a good movie out of the script that they were planning on doing. I think it would have been a huge deal. It would have it would have looked like it was my fault. It would have looked like, oh, my God, this woman directed it and she missed all these things. That was the one time in my career where I really felt like do this with another director and it's not going to be a big deal. And maybe they'll understand it and love it more than I do. The director shook her head. You can't do movies you don't believe in. The only reason to do it would be to prove to people that I could, but it wouldn't have proved anything if I didn't succeed. I don't think that I would have gotten another chance. And so I'm super grateful. I mean, she's right. I mean, I mean, she's not sugarcoating it. I mean, I think when the story about uh, her and um, Thor the Dark World, when they parted, they basically you know, like what they do every time, uh, creative differences. And this is definitely, she's speaking on that. Like, yeah, she's not going to do something like there's no, ben- there's no, the the benefit of her doing it was, oh yeah, it was a good movie. The big drawback of doing it was, oh my God, she did Thor the Dark World, quite possibly the worst movie in the MCU. Like, oh, I'm not going to hire her to do Wonder Woman. Like this is, no. Yeah, it would have been bad. It would have been bad yeah, long and term. It, and it took and it took uh, Taika Waititi's verge, uh, vision of changing Thor to to make it a salvageable character, salvageable IP, and and re- renewed, um, I guess, uh, enthusiasm from your you know your main star, right? So like, if she was given that creative freedom, maybe it would have been different. But it seems like she wasn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she was. Which, if you if you watch Wonder Woman, you see what she can do, and she's a pretty strong director. Um, maybe I mean you could argue Wonder Woman's a little overvalued, but I still think I, th- I think overall it's still a good movie. Uh, I would take that all day over <laughs> Thor: The Dark World. Um, and if 
she's allowed to do what she's able to do, she can demonstrate that. And like, like she said, like you said, if, if she hadn't been able to, if she had taken Thor, the dark world, who knows if we get wonder woman, who knows what would have happened. Things probably wouldn't have fallen or laid out as, as well as things have have for her. So, um, she, I mean, she's not wrong either. Like the script was not great. Like Thor, the dark world was not, great it's not like super terrible but it's, it wasn't the bestest of movies mm-hmm. and this was back in the day when um uh, did like uh, marvel had this creative committee that they were still running like the they were still running the things over there at uh um uh marvel studios and before kevin feige became the man to just oversee everything so who would have who was to say if kevin feige was in charge that this movie would have gotten a revamp and maybe they, maybe he turns it over to her to you know handle the whole thing. I don't know if that would have been the case. Uh, and if maybe if that was the case, maybe we don't get a Patty Jenkins led Wonder Woman because she might still be over there at Marvel. And if that was the case, do we get Taika in Thor Ragnarok? Maybe not. May if if Patty Jenkins was you know controlling everything, maybe we get Thor something else and. In the third one, and she's the one that it, it, we never, we, with all these decisions, we will never know exactly what would have happened. But in this case, I think this probably was the best outcome for the character. And you're basically, you know, you know, offering Thor the Dark World up for sacrifice to get Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And, and looking at like, looking at those early MCU movies, like, I feel like when the creative committee was like in control still like a lot of those movies outside of the first two captain america because I'm, I'm putting it around i guess when the creative committee disbanded was like 2015 i believe yep, so, you hit it around the head nice uh i a lot of those movies pre 2015 outside of the like the two captain america films iron man one avengers that's about it. That's the main ones that I like from that. Oh, and Guardians. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. Outside of those, like I don't really value or I don't value those movies as high as more the recent offerings that Marvel has done. Like I feel like Marvel has hit a new creative freedom and you're really starting to see it go, especially now with the Disney Plus shows and we'll see that eventually with WandaVision and and Falcon and all that. Like I feel like they're going to hit a creative like freedom like now i would like to see patty jenkins back in because i think she could do some some fun stuff with marvel now versus back then when it was i think a little bit more limited and honestly all of them were hits but like we we talk about iron man 2 not that great iron man 3 i think people some people really enjoy it it's like a very divisive film um the first two thor movies i don't really i don't really care for the first thor movie thor thor the dark world's like I don't, we talk about that one all the time, um, you know. I just I don't know. Like a lot of those movies don't work as well. And then even you could even maybe throw in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Not a lot of people enjoyed. I think it's a. I think it was okay, but I don't think it's enjoyed as the other Avengers movies. Yeah, um, I also think that um, Age of Ultron. I think it's a little underrated just because of people just just kind of dismiss it. Um, I think it was a fine movie. I just thought that. Avengers uh, Age of Ultron just followed almost the exact same beats as the first Avengers movie. Um, 
the stuff that I did really enjoy looking back on it is how how Ultron was right about everything. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 everything. Not everything, but he was right about a lot of stuff. And that's the one thing, that's the one saving grace that I think that Asia Ultron really, really um, nailed was like taking what Ultron said and just, you know, basically laying it out very slowly through phase four. And then as uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame came around, you kind of look back at Ultron, you're kind of like, man, this dude was right. Like, you know, they they kind of doomed themselves and like, you know, all that stuff. And so looking back on it, I think, Age of Ultron, I think at the moment when it was released, it was decent. It wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't like earth shattering. But as it has aged, I think it's aged better than uh, some of the other movies that was released in phase one and two. Yeah. De- oh, definitely. Compared to like, you know, we've talked about it again, Iron Man 2, Thor, mm-hmm. Thor, the Dark World. Like a lot. Of, well, I forgot about Incredible Hulk too. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think Incredible Hulk's okay, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just looking at it, those early MCU films, they do lay a lot of foundation to what we have now. So obviously we do need them, but there are a lot of things that could have been done differently or handled better or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, For sure. For sure. And, and you just look at, uh, phase one, two and three and uh, like whenever the committee was disbanded, phase three is basically all Kevin Feige. And essentially, like, you don't have many movies that bombed, like, or were critically not praised. Um, I mean, there's a couple of them that I'm looking at that I didn't quite necessarily really love. I think Captain Marvel is one of them. Black Panther, this may sound blasphemous, but I thought Black Panther was good, but it wasn't great. I thought it was more of a cultural impact kind of thing. Um, and I think mainly for me, for Black Panther, I think the third act was a little, I was a little let down about, uh, with the third act and then everything else I think was, uh, was great. Civil War. I mean, oh, Dr. Strange, I think, I think falls in line with the Black Panther. It was good. It wasn't great. Um, Guardians 2, I think falls in line with that too. Uh, but you have Homecoming, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Ant-Man and Wasp, Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home, all tremendous movies. Yep. And and none of them and none of them like none of them flopped. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, and then going back to Black Panther, I mean, that was your first Oscar nominated for like best picture. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there is a lot of success there once Kevin Feige kind of took over everything, and then obviously Captain Marvel and all that. So I mean, there's a lot of pushing in terms of diversity as well. So it's just I don't know. It's been Phase Three was was a breath of fresh air. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Now jumping uh, to, I guess this is kind of old news, but this is uh, Zack Snyder kind of hosted like a, uh, a, what is it, like a viewing party, I guess you would say? Like, like a, a live watch party commentary thing on on his favorite app of all time, Vero. Yes, Vero. Um, so there's, a, you guys know how we feel about Zack Snyder, but there are, there there was a couple of things that he revealed that I found quite interesting. Um, the first one being, um, so so the the flash scene, the flash scene in just in what Justice Justice League, um, and they talked about the nightmare scene and um, basically that night the the scene where Flash goes back and tells Bruce about everything and how important um, Lois is to everything 
well, it was revealed that Justice League 2 was going to be part of that timeline. And so here's the exact quote. He said, I had this idea that in the future, when they, the Justice League, are talking about sending Flash back to warn Bruce that Cyborg would be doing the calculations to send him back and would say, I'll have two possibilities of where to send Flash back in time. The numbers point to two moments in uh, to warn you, Bruce. Like if it's right near the moment when this vent might happen, where Lois might get killed or Bruce isn't able to stop it. However, that's not happening. It would be important if Flash came closer to that moment so that Bruce could understand the reality of it. So in the future, Bruce says to Cyborg, well, what times would you send me back to? What, t- uh, what, what time right now would you send me back to? Cy- and Cyborg says, I'm leaning, leaning towards this. And Bruce says, do the other one because you already sent me back here and it was too early. So send me to the other one. So that's how he's able to get Flash back again because in the new timeline, he goes to a different point of time that's closer to the event. So we don't have that. So we haven't seen that in uh, seen that in this film. So basically, Justice League 2 would have seen the League get more proactive and far, fight fart fight dark side and then he sa- he basically says that they would have lo- lost the dark side and uh dark side would have slaughtered lois and corrupted superman with anti-life equation that sequel would have reportedly ended with the league scattered or and or hostage on apocalypse while dark side turned earth into the living nightmare as we've seen in batman versus superman justice League three we would have seen Flash go back with a better warning to Bruce, allowing him to save Lois, redeem Superman, and defend Earth from Darkseid's full-on evasion. So, I mean, of all the things that he said, I, I mean, this is obviously more interesting and more earth-shattering, and you know, this is actual news. I feel like, and well, I guess not actual news because we're never, never ever going to see this happen. But. What would you have thought if Justice League 2 would have been like that in terms of like Lois getting killed and Justice League losing and then Justice League 3 basically Flash going back and then them saving everybody? I see again, it it goes back to I forget when we talked about this with uh, something else dark side related. Like it sounds interesting on paper and it sounds like okay, I might have given you that. Like I might have rolled with you with you. I don't necessarily agree with everything you're doing. But it's I feel like that's way more interesting than what we ended up with. And if he had been able to give us his full vision, I mean, maybe we're talking about a different scenario where I actually enjoy Batman versus Superman. I actually enjoy Justice League and I'm looking forward to Justice League two and Justice League three. But I don't I don't know if we would have gotten that because, again, Warner Brothers would have probably meddled and. Like there was clashing and whatnot. Like I don't know that we would have gotten what he had on paper. On paper, sounds interesting though. I'll give him that. It, it does sound interesting, and I think I do feel like with Zack Snyder, I think the the vision is much grander than the execution. Yeah. Um, I understand where he's coming from in in some of the instances, in some cases. But it's just it goes back down. It goes back to a couple of things uh, crucial that happens. I mean, 
the Martha scene, I understand that you need Batman and Superman to be fighting and then ultimately uniting to go against Doomsday. I get it. I get it. But the way you got there and the the way that you executed it was completely wrong. And he talked about this again on Vero. He said, it's really this whole concept of branding criminals. The idea that Batman had lost his moral compass and he had become what he beheld. The whole idea of this movie is to create an arc where Batman confronts Superman's humanity that he finds himself again. I okay, And then I'm going to stop reading there and I'll continue after I say this. I get that. Batman needed to redeem himself. I get it. And he felt like Superman... There was no saving grace about Superman. He was very dangerous. I get this idea. Okay, continuing. That's what the thesis of this thing is, that we're all humans and that we all connect on a level. Our mothers have had the same name. That's really sort of this fundamental, we're both, we both have a mother, so are both human. Even though Superman is from another planet, his connection to humanity is so clean that Batman is able to re-enter re-energize himself now that part absolutely no makes no sense it's just it, you just it just you just did a very bad job of transitioning one thing to another you just you didn't have your universe uh set up to handle this kind of transition like it just was terrible like you like what would have been better was not even have that part and just do a doomsday just appear and then both of them basically looking at each other like okay pause we need to take care of this thing before we get back to our stuff. And then maybe set up another, uh, then you maybe set up another movie where you get back to the clashing of Batman and Superman, not kill Superman. And you could have gone a completely different direction. You just didn't execute properly. Yeah. Like I, like them just coming together in that moment when they're just saying Martha, like, I just, I don't, I don't see what, what he sees is different from what I saw. And I just, I don't agree. I just don't. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't work. To me, it just seems, it seems contrived. It seems like the lowest common denominator that you could think of. Like, I don't know. I just didn't, I just don't agree with that, that thought process. Yeah. And you go back all the way to Man of Steel and the essence of Superman is, you know, you know, hope and how he's supposed to save humanity and how he's supposed to be the best of all of us and you're demolishing the entire planet like like i see his vision i can see why like like i see the good in superman i see the hope and i see like henry cavill being this beacon of light and then third act happens and like everything is destroyed you're kind of like does Zack snyder know superman like it like with like this wouldn't happen in any like if Superman was what how you portray him to be like this isn't Superman like he would do his damnedest to save everybody and everything and not just pile into into buildings with the uh, uh, with General Zod like it's just it didn't make sense to me like again vision was good execution was terrible. Also going back to the Justice League losing thing, you know one of the things that made infinity war so interesting was the heroes lost mm -hmm. so i think seeing dark side win would have been you know i think would have been interesting on 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 paper and and, and would have been interesting in, in in theaters but again execution execution is the biggest thing and with what we have gotten in man of steel and what we got in man of batman versus superman i don't know that we 
we would have seen that vision correctly, or at least a good vision or a good interpretation of that vision, I, I should say. And none of us were emotionally involved with and emotionally invested with any of the characters in Justice League, though. Like outside of what Superman and maybe Wonder Woman, like Batman's the second film we've seen. Um, I mean, Wonder Woman was what Justice League was the third movie I think we we saw her in. Yeah. So like none of us in Flash and um, Flash and uh, Cyborg first movie. None of us was none of our no none of us got emotionally invested in these characters and if they died in Justice League 2, would it have had the impact that Infinity War did? Like people left Infinity War crying and passing out and, and in some cases dying because of a heart attack and all that stuff. So it would it wouldn't have had that impact. No, no, no. It it wouldn't have had the same impact at all. Because you, you grew up with these Marvel characters for like ten years leading up to that exactly. point. Exactly. Exactly. Wonder. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just rehammering this point of everything you're saying about this makes sense and it seems good, but executed it was not executed properly. Justice League two and three would have came way too early, and I think that it wouldn't have had the impact that Zack Snyder thinks it would have had. Yeah, that's true. Because I I I don't think. Like and I don't know who to put this on more on Zack Snyder or or uh, Warner Brothers, but the rushing of things to get everyone involved, I, I that was a mistake, and it should have just focused on Superman, should have just focused on Wonder Woman, should have just focused on Batman, for their times, and then having that build up to have those, those big like them coming together and fighting to save humanity and losing would have had probably a much bigger impact. I mean, you could doesn't have to be the Marvel formula either. I mean, was it like Harry Potter? Harry Potter hit and you had the build up because you grew up with those characters over five movies and when the 6th and 7th movie hit, I think there's a bigger emotional impact. Uh I don't almost said Fast and the Furious, but I don't want to get into that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's family. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, like, I mean, there's ways to do it that doesn't necessarily have to be like, I don't want it to seem like I want Warner Brothers slash DC to just copy what Marvel did. That blueprint obviously seems to work, but there's probably ways you could have gone about it and and made it successful. Yeah. Uh, he also went on to talk about um, Henry Lennox. Uh, he played General Calvin uh, Swanwick in Man of Steel. And um, he says by the time Batman and Superman takes place, uh, Swanick is the Secretary of Defense. Uh, and he also revealed that he intended to show in Justice League that Swanick is actually Martian Manhunter in disguise, uh, which is another kind of it, it's kind of cool uh, just learning about that. Um, and then he talked about it in more in detail and he said quote henry lennox is pretending to be a human being but he does a great job um but he has this relationship with lois that started in man of steel if you kind of track their relationship henry understands that there's a relationship between lois and clark who uh, who he knows of course is superman um i think that would have been kind of cool to see uh martian manhunter initially show showing up in man of steel not knowing he was martian manhunter and then revealed in Justice League that yeah, that's in it, it, the, you know uh, General Calvin Swanick was um, is indeed 
um, Martian Manhunter. That would have been kind of cool. And I wish that would have been shown that. But my only... And this is probably the least pushback I'm going to ever give Zack Snyder is just this. Uh, this whole Martian Manhunter thing. But my only question would have been... Would that would would that have bogged down the movie with too many characters? And even with Flash and Cyborg, I feel like, I mean, if the Snyder Cut does a better job of establishing the characters, like more power to you. But the movie that we got, it felt like there was too many characters, and I think Cyborg and both Cyborg and Flash didn't get their just due in terms of screen time and no, character development. Definitely not. I I, f- I think if I remember correctly, when it, we talked about it when it first premiered back in 2017, I, th- I thought like cyborg, I thought was interesting. And I thought if we had gotten more of it, I would have been happy with that. Cause I thought mm-hmm. his kind of battle internal battle within of being a monster versus not. And, you know, I thought it was interesting, but again, it was rushed because it was crammed into everything else. And same thing with flash, like flash was probably the most enjoyable character of that movie, but didn't really get proper amount of screen time to really, connect with the character i mean and then of course aquaman we've gotten more time with him now to better connect to it but it was maybe too little too late mm-hmm. although it did make a billion so I, it maybe it wasn't too little too late oh and speaking of aquaman um his in, uh, original plans with aquaman um he, he said um uh the concept here was that he had his to me it was that he probably trained with his mother's trident a couple times with volko uh, but he wasn't keeping it himself. So Voku kept the trident with him. And as needed, if they were training or whatever, he would get it from uh, he would get it from him. But he'd always give it back. But he never took it up in the re- uh, he never took up the uh, took it up as like the real mantle. I mean, yeah, that's a little uh, I guess a cool little thing that he would he said about Aquaman. But um, uh, the I mean I think we all uh, I think the the Aquaman movie kind of did a good job of retconning what he did in in um I guess uh in Justice League yeah um or even the one in um the the sequence in Batman versus Superman um the Trident not being his and I I think that kind of I mean it I guess James Wan did a good job of retconning a little a little bit about what they did and I don't think that I guess people did assume the trident he was wielding was his. And I guess the way that James Wan re, uh, re kind of kind of retconned Aquaman a little bit kind of didn't make, make me second guess that sequence, like the Batman versus uh, Superman sequence. Like it kind of made sense that it was his mother's. Yeah, no, it made sense. I, I didn't have too much of a problem with that. Yeah. And um, did you, <laughs> this was the reason why he killed Jimmy Olsen. Oh yeah. I read this. This was okay. Yeah. Go ahead. This is this 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 is on the on the weirder part of things. Uh, the story goes on. It says in Batman versus Superman, Jimmy Olsen, played by Michael Cassidy, is briefly seen working with Lois as a photojournalist in Africa, where she's gone to interview a war criminal. However, it turns out Jimmy isn't a photographer; he's a CIA operative. Okay, and he's uh, <laughs> and he's executed right in front of Lois. According to Snyder, making Jimmy a CIA CIA operative is something that he thought was cool. <laughs> I just like the idea that Jimmy was a spook for the CIA. I always felt like Jimmy, you know, was never capable that capable. And seeing him uh, be like speak a foreign language, people always ask me if he's dead. 
Do we see him again? Does he come back to life? I don't think so. It implies a bigger universe. It implies that these dominoes are falling like as we go forward. <sighs> and if if he cannot, I would say that Jimmy is a beloved side character, wouldn't you? Yeah, I definitely would say that. Why would you do that to Jimmy Olsen? Like, why would you make him into a CIA operative? I always felt Jimmy was Jimmy was capable in his own right, but I could never see him as a CIA operative. No, with the I mean, with the way he was, I don't know. Like, I feel like he was a good counterpart to what Lois would would do or exactly. say, whether exactly. whether it's in the comics or the the cartoons or whatever. He was just always a good counterpart for her to bounce things off of, and I just I feel like. This was him. This was Zack Snyder just being like, I don't like him. I don't want to use this character. I don't like this character. Let's just have him be a CIA agent and let's kill him. You know, like, I, don't, I just I don't understand the thought process behind that. That that's yeah. uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And it's like uh, on the spectrum of things that we found interesting as in good. This would be on the other spec of the uh, end of the spectrum, as in this is very bad. <laughs> like I, I feel like um, he completely missed the point of Jimmy in the comics or in the cartoons or whatever. And we didn't get a lot of Jimmy Olsen. I feel like that's a character that needs a little bit of flushing out. Um, even though I mean, we may never like. I don't think we ever need to get like a you know full origin story of Jimmy Olsen, but like just to have him around Lois and Clark. Uh, for at least a couple of movies, um, you know, three, four movies, I think would have been, you know, great for the just the the characters. And if you eventually wanted to kill Jimmy off, like that would have been great for his character. You, I mean, again, we come back to this, but emotionally attached to the character, we would have been. Um, and and I guess it's almost like I don't know what to say because like I think Marvel made a mistake with killing Quicksilver. Because I think if you kept him around a couple of movies, I think it would have been a much better arc for him. But it's just, you know, and Marvel doesn't kill off a lot of characters. But, um, you know, killing off uh, a semi-side character, you know, Marvel, I, I don't know what character I, I would think of off the top of my head. But, like, I got you know. one. I got one. Go ahead. Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was huge. Oh, that was huge. And he, like... Yeah, so his side character-ness would feel, to me feels like Jimmy Olsen. Oh yeah, that would have been huge. Uh if Jimmy Olsen was written like uh Colson, oh yeah. That would have been uh we we felt the the agony and when Loki stabbed him and we're like, oh no, I can't believe they're doing this. And and it's something that kind of galvanized um the Avengers. That would have been kind of cool to see with Jimmy Olsen. I mean, I don't wish death upon fictional characters at all, but you know, that that would have been like I think maybe a way to go to tug at, you know, people's heartstrings. Well, especially if Jimmy had been treated like a funny third wheel for so long with uh, with uh, Lois and Superman, like if he had just been around or Lois and Clark or however you want to say it, um, if he had been used in a, in a funny, interesting way with those two characters alongside for the journey, I, th I think we could have got a more, much more emotional impact from that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily he doesn't necessarily have to be what's the word like to put his um capabilities or like his value in what he does like i feel like there could have been things done besides just making him a cia agent i feel like that's just a way to say oh that character doesn't do much let's make him something cool like the 
the character I think can do cool stuff and not have to be a suit a, a police officer or a, a hero of any kind. Like it could be a more human, just regular person. Mm-hmm. But alas, we didn't get that. Um, not at all. And then one quick last thing about, um, about Zack Snyder. <laughs> he wants a um, five hour cut splicing, splicing together man of steel and Batman versus Superman. Um, he said, quote, I wonder if anyone's ever done a five-hour cut, which would basically be just editing these two parts of the movie together carefully. I've seen, I've never seen that. I'm sure it exists online somewhere where you, where they all match up all these moments so they, they're all happening simultaneously. I don't know if anyone's done that. I'd have to look, but it feels, it feels like a cool thing to do because it would all, it all should match up pretty well because they're all below. They're fighting right below. It would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I'm okay. I'll pass. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a five hour cut of Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. I really don't. No, I'm. But I'm sure. Like, if you look on YouTube, I'm sure there's somebody that spliced the the bridge of that of Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs Superman together. Because I mean, they've done it. Like I've seen on YouTube, people match up the snap and like how it affects like Ant-Man and the Wasp and all the different things all at the same time and match it up to like be real time. Like it, uh-huh. obviously not, that's a different thing than what he's talking about, but still I'm sure somebody on YouTube's done something like that. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you, did you read the, uh, the other quote about him where he kind of throws shade at, at justice league? Did we, did we get to that quote? No, we didn't. You can you, go ahead. You can, you can read that one. So he said, quote, uh, when he was talking about Batman versus Superman, quote you know what they should make a sequel to this movie someday that would be amazing that would, <laughs> that would really be something else yeah i want to know what happens to these guys i mean don't they eventually i don't know form some dot 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 and then yeah so end quote that's what i have uh <laughs> so uh that was some shade thrown at just sleek <laughs> i mean uh, no nah. i mean, uh, it, it, Potentially, would I have liked his cut of Justice League? Maybe, but we we really need to stop with this. Ju- I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think we're ever, ever going to get it. Which is why I, I keep telling everybody stop with this release the Snyder cut thing. Supposedly, there's a cut out there that it's real. Jason Momoa has apparently seen it. Other people haven't. Um, um, I think Henry Cavill is on the other end of the spectrum, as in like, oh yeah, there's probably not a cut out there, and he's hasn't done hashtag release the Snyder cut. I think he's the one out of all of them that hasn't done anything. Hasn't been vocal with Zack Snyder. Um, And then you have, you know, Jason Momoa, who's like championing for a Zack Snyder, you know, Snyder cut release. So it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like the Snyder cut people. Um, This stuff that he kind of shared is interesting. Um, It does, I guess it kind of has to do with a little bit of the Snyder cut, but it's new information that we haven't previously known about, which is why we're talking about it. If we're, if, if it was another release, a Snyder cut hashtag release a Snyder cut day or something, I don't think we'd be talking about it. I think we maybe mention it just so I can take a jab at Michael, (laughs) Michael's favorite, favorite director. Um, Favorite all time. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, I found I found the stuff that he said on Vero a little interesting, I'm gonna admit. 
I, I think some of it was interesting. Also, it's just like absurd his thought process on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you think like now with everything going on with COVID nineteen and all that, do you think because we are like looking for? Con- I mean, we talked about it earlier about like content being delayed, whatever. If there is a finished version, do you think they release it? Like in the midst of us going through everything and not really having a lot of content? Wouldn't that, but if you're Warner Brothers, like, I don't know, what would be the benefit of of doing it? Like, not much. Like, like if you were to charge $20 for the Snyder Cut and it's like semi done, I don't even know if $20, $20 seems a lot. (laughs) Okay, let's say. You're, or you put it on HBO Max to get subscriptions up, which you know I could see them doing. Would you turn around and get a subscription to HBO Max because of Justice League no. Snyder Cut? No, I would not. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's a small part of the population that would, and I don't know exactly how much how much how much of that population there is, and I think there's some casual fans that will take interest in it. Um, if you're telling me I have to subscribe to HBO Max, I probably won't do it because of all the subscription-based uh, models, that's the most expensive one out of all of them. So I would for sure be on the fence about it, but uh, I would maybe eventually want to watch it, but I don't, I don't know if I'd pay 20 bucks for it. Yeah, I can't. Again, I don't think they would, but... I think the current times does change a little bit of everything. And if you are needing content for people to come check out, maybe it's an option now. Again, I don't think there's much of a benefit other than getting people to subscribe to HBO Max, like some kind of incentive. And maybe that being a property that we haven't seen. I mean, we've seen it kind of its whole thing, but like maybe they could do it that way. But like, I feel like it's, it's taking, something as crazy as what's happening right now to give it a possibility of even coming out because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't think it will no it probably won't um and one quick little thing before we go and this is kind of a, a sad little thing uh justice league dark apocalypse war will be the last film in the dc animated universe uh I, i'm gonna shed a tear for it because it's been a, it's been a good run um Flashpoint in 2013 was the first movie that kind of kicked off the shared universe. And I think it was, um, we were going back and forth between you, me, David, and Chris. I think uh, we were talking about, um, you know, how great the animated shared universe has been and all that stuff. Uh, And we, you know, I went back and found the original or an article saying that Flashpoint was the movie that kind of kicked it off. Um, It's been, it's been cool and everything's been, um, designed be, uh with new 52 i guess design character designs and uh, which i'm not the biggest fan of but i think you know it, it was it was kind of cool i was more intrigued with the storylines anyway but everything that they put together i think was fantastic flashpoint i think is up there with one of my favorite dc new 52 uh shared universe either that one or death of superman I think those two are one and two. You can maybe flip them um, one and two at any given day. But I'm a little sad that it's coming to an end and hopefully in a few years that they'll reconvene and do something else um, 
with the shared universe. And so uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War is going to be released on May 5th. And uh, the physical copy, Blu-ray and a 4K UHR is going to be released May 19th. But they're still going to be releasing movies, animated mm-hmm. movies. It's just there won't be all shared, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So I guess they, they're trying to get away from it. Maybe maybe it's because they've done... I think it's because uh, every movie that they... Animated movie that they do, even if you call it Superman, like every single one of the uh, Justice League members are in it. Right. So maybe they, tr- they just want to get away from it a little bit. Um, and maybe let it breathe for a little bit for a few years and then revisit it with a giant big event or just do standalone stories and just have standalone takes of different stories with justice league characters Mm -hmm. and other ones like be just more like one-off films versus everything being connected which i mean i don't mind i I think i wouldn't mind either whether they're connected or not i've felt like animated for dc has always been really well done so I don't like I'm not it kind of sucks but at the same time I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I feel like this opens the door for more stories to be told in different fun interesting ways. Mhm. I agree with you. And that has been issue 271 of Comic Cast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys stay safe, uh practice self social distancing, keep if you do go out, keep about 6 feet away from each other. Um Stay safe. Hopefully, you guys are not. None of you guys are sick. Um, but um, that number is going to be climbing, I think, pretty soon here. I mean, it's already been climbing. But um, stay safe, guys. If you want to interact with with us on Twitter, you can always check us out on Twitter. I'm at my name, Jong. I'm at producer Mike nine seven five. You could follow the method that I do. A wise man once said, "Back, back, back, back. <laughs> Give me fifty feet." The greatest poet of our generation. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously. I mean, he was a great, great poet. Because I think the next line goes, or I'm going to ga- grab a gat for a hater with the heat or something like that. I could be wrong on that it, poetry. It, yeah, there's there's a word in there that's that's not correct. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Just, just say that every time somebody gets very close to you. You know, back, 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 back. Give me 50 feet. <laughs> Uh, Until next time. (laughs) See you. These tigers have some... um, Hold on. Three, two, one. These tigers have such an acidic stomach that when you give them a whole turkey, there are no bones that come out. (laughs) That's that's a pretty bad accent. (laughs) Okay. Uh, ready 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 what are we talking about that sounds like my cousin (laughs) (laughs) my daughter would absolutely love you more proactive and fart fight fart fight dark side a wise man once said back 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 (laughs) give me 50 feet